Hi, I'm Alex Kaola, and you're listening to Intuition Calling, the podcast designed to help you self-actualize. My background as a corporate leader turned professional intuitive and executive coach has provided me with a ton of insight into the process of understanding human potential, growth, and the pursuit of our calling. I believe that in order to navigate our path with confidence, we have to strengthen the resonance of our intuition so that when it calls you, you're ready to answer. Each episode, I answer your questions, either solo or with another intuitive leader. You can write in with your questions to me on Instagram at High Priestess of Brooklyn. Now, let's start our call. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so glad that you're here. I have one of my friends, my healers, my peers on the podcast today. I'm very excited to introduce you to Faith Strang. She is a third generation psychic healer and teacher. And if you're coming here from Faith's community, then welcome. So, so glad that you're here. I think you'll get to know Faith in a completely new way by listening to this episode. It's so powerful. We run through so many different topics. I think we center a lot around manifestation because Faith and I both have like a deep understanding of the universal laws and like really apply the knowledge that we learn into our daily lives. Um, so there's a lot of what I think is really great about this episode is that there's a lot of truisms or platitudes that we actually break down in a practical way. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a little bit or just have been following me for a little while, then you know I really want to take esoteric concepts and break them down into practical, tangible, real examples so that you can learn and also realize that the universe and spirituality and just like everything that we talk about on this grand level is in the mundane. It's in the everyday. It's in the smallest little details. Um, so like we said on the podcast with Lindsay, God is in the details or the universe is in the details, whatever language you use. So we, we talk about, um, like fraught relationships too, or just, you know, kind of when you're on the path of your life and you're manifesting something, or you're just simply living and you go through challenges with, family members specifically, we kind of talk through like how each of us have um, broken that down and understood those aspects of our lives as um, as we've gone through, you know, different therapy modalities and healing modalities and to sort of um, come to what is maybe an, an unpopular answer, not an answer you hear a lot. Like, you know, I if if you know me a little bit, you know, I like Bravo and the Housewives and you know, that's my guilty pleasure. And I was watching um, The Real Housewives of New York, the newest season, and there's a character, character, there's a person, her name is Uva, and she lost her mom. So she had a really great relationship with her mom. And it was, you know, very important for her and formidable. And so that was like one of the key pivotal moments in her life. And so 
anytime she noticed that somebody was not repairing a relationship right away, like either with a parent or with one another, she was like, you need to fix it right now because you never know if somebody will die. And like, that's her perspective. And I totally, totally get that. But I kept thinking like, oof, you know, if I had not had years of therapy or even met with faith a bunch to get to this realization that I have about my own mother, I think that would kind of screw me up. It would like take me off the path that I had kind of realized was right for, for me and her. And, and, and faith in large part is, um, a very formidable part of that journey for me. So we, but I'm so grateful to her in general, but I just beg everybody to really take a peek behind what happens at face value to understand like, why is that happening? Why is somebody saying that to me? Are they saying that to me because it's true? Or are they saying that to me for me to take a critical look and see how that applies to my own life? So I think you probably know what answer I have now, but there are still plenty of relationships in my life or moments in my life where I think, wait, is that my reality? Is that my reality? And so we talk about that platitude comparison is the thief of joy. And in this instance, it, it really can be. So that was a really formidable moment. And then we also talk about, um, you know, different aspects of manifestation. Like I said, you know, Faith and I come from an approach where we're constantly, you know, sharing resources from Abraham Hicks or A Course in Miracles or other uh, Bob Proctor, other very um, big names in the space. But again, when you apply it to your own life, there are all sorts of different analogies that can come up and different ways to kind of pull apart that those concepts. And even just today, reason why I wanted to get on and, and actually re-record this intro is because there is a common platitude called redirection is protection. And you could insert redirection is God's protection or redirection is the universe's protection, whatever works for you. There's a uh, Gabby Bernstein says it another way, who was also very influenced, I think, by Abraham Hicks and other spiritual teachers in the space. But Every obstacle is a detour in the right direction. So that these are all the s different ways to say the same thing. So today I got back in town. I did a quick little jaunt up to visit my family. And I flew back today and I was at JFK at the JetBlue terminal and when you land there, you actually can't get picked up by Uber. This is going to be like, if you know, you know, like <laughs> not that many people are listening yet, but hot tip, we're going to bury it in the intro. So, okay. You, when you land there, can't get picked up by Uber. You can either walk to a different terminal or you can, hot tip from a security guard, go back inside go up the elevator to the TWA hotel, go through the tunnel to the other side of the hotel where it brings you out to the front and get an Uber from there. And by the way, the TWA hotel is fucking awesome. It is super retro. I got out, they're playing like the Beatles eight days a week. And I was like, oh my God, it's like, actually, I haven't seen this hotel. And I'm kind of excited to walk through, right? And that's as I was standing outside in the sunlight, you know, by myself and 
in such a good mood. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, every redirection is protection or every obstacle is a detour in the right direction. And I was thinking like, what was I being protected from? And the reality is, is like a lot of frustration, um, <laughs> just being at the airport trying to get an Uber with a bunch of other people. We've all been there, you know, or even, you know, getting on the subway or the AirTran or whatever you're going to do to get back home. Like that would be absolutely bonkers for me to, to go to Queens. But it, regardless, it could have been a very frustrating situation, right? But because I was just sort of like open and not immediately pissed or in a foul mood or frustrated, I was able to get information that actually led me a really beautiful way to the same destination. So um, I just wanted to share that because in this episode, we talk about different ways to reframe manifestation. But I think if you can just continue to keep in mind, like, everything is working out for you. Faith says that all the time because it really is. And it might not be evident at the moment, but that's what the trust and the intuition and the, and the intuitive evidence is. And then I'll leave you with one last little anecdote. So Faith and I had a session recently where Faith does past life healing. So what she basically does is she takes you through different past lives or parallel lives to um, hit at core moments in those lives, like core memories to heal either something you're going through in this life or just clear it in general because you're carrying on, um, to unnecessary, you know, trauma or baggage from those past lives. So it's like kind of a combination of both. And you can also go through past lives if you want to, to access different archetypes that you want to bring into this life. So in my last session with her, I had a lot to heal, but I also wanted to access queen archetypes in previous lifetimes. And in this episode, we also talk about the difference between intuition and ego. And this example of my session with Faith was a really amazing way to drive that home because I didn't even realize I was coming from ego, but my guides knocked me right back down to, to earth and quite literally. And so I will leave you with that. It's a really funny example. And we had a hoot in the session. We had a hoot recalling the session and you too could have a hoot working with faith. <laughs> So to segue in to working with her, I'm going to link everything that she does in the show notes so you can access um, her Instagram, her website. Um, she's also hosting numerous different retreats coming up. So I highly recommend if you love working with her, you'll absolutely love to go to these magical places with her as your host. And then she also has an online community on Mighty Networks now. So um, all of that to join and work with her will be, again, linked in the show notes below. If you like this content, please share with a friend. It helps so, so much, um, especially as we gear up for a rebrand, uh, which we're so, so pumped about here at High Priestess of Brooklyn. Um, we really would love your support as we kind of make a inroads to transition. And um, ratings are great. You know, sharing is great. Anything that you have effort for today, I would so, so appreciate it. 
And without further ado, please welcome Faith Strength to the podcast. Bye. Welcome, Faith. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Before we signed on, we just were talking about how we're both doing, and we're, we both were admitted something to, to each other that we feel a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah. And in transition, um, I know for you, you just moved. Mm-hmm. Big manifestation came in. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's related to that, that you're feeling like a lot of things shifting or changing in your life? I do. That's that's part of it. It has accompanied some very big expansions in my business. And so I'm experiencing some doubt and and allowing the the 3D perspective of like, oh, are you really doing all of these things? Are you really moving and becoming a first-time homeowner and planning three retreats and launching a subscription service all at once? And it comes back to, yes, I am. I am capable. It's <laughs> happening. Everything's always working out for me. But it has been a lot of change. And in the last couple of weeks, particularly, there was so much expansion that like the pendulum has to swing the other way, it feels like sometimes, just to balance it out. And so I'm just sitting with it and knowing that things are unfolding and it's that old shadow stuff of like right now in this moment, if the thing that I want isn't here, how can I continue Mm. to trust that the path is unfolding? And also that the help that I need is coming in. I'm at a point in my business, I cannot do it by myself anymore. And that's really scary. And I think for any entrepreneur, being able to understand that and know that if you're at that place, the help is going to come in. You will be able to hold space for that and create an energy exchange that works. And I'm starting to see that that's happening and feels really aligned. So a lot of old stuff coming to the surface that, you know, we think it's not there anymore, but the stars give us the opportunity to let it come to the surface and know that the collective energy will change and everything we're doing now is preparing for whatever is next. Right. You're such a powerful manifester. I've always watched you with such awe in the way that you truly keep such a positive attitude through a lot of transitional phases and changes, especially in business. Like, we are really, Faith and I are in the same boat. Like we're both intuitive entrepreneurs and we work for ourselves and um, we have like small, you know, we have people that support us on the team, but they're not necessarily full time, at least not for me. And I know, you know, like that definitely was a big shift to to bring somebody on. And like, it feels like high stakes, even if it's not a ton of money on like paper if you were to work for another person, right? Like, but for us, it's like all the revenue comes in through the business, um, you know, the, the revenue streams that we've set up. And so like to support other people, even if they're supporting us, but like aren't revenue generating, it's like this, you know, like, oh God, but knowing that I'm coming on board will help you 
put in structure or whatever the case may be. So like this is the first time you're doing a would it be a full-time hire or a part-time hire? I have sev- Can we talk through it? We certainly can. <laughs> I don't have any full-time hires, but I have several uh project-based and part-time hires at this point. Cool. Yeah. And so that's working though? That's working great for me. Great. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what do you think the next hire will be? Maybe this is the manifestation little yeah. putting it out there if um, you're ready. <laughs> I actually just got an email from a company that I have spoken to before uh, that I've skirted around wanting to work with a PR company. And cool. I didn't really have something that was not that it wasn't worth promoting, but I didn't have something that I could promote in a big way because there were either limited spots or, you know, it was not automated. I didn't have a structure in place where it felt like a good time for me to investing in PR or marketing in that way. But now as I'm spending more time building things, I have less time to devote to marketing myself. And I'm at a point where I know to get to the next step, I need experts because I'm beyond learning things on my own and implementing that. And I'm ready to take that off of my plate. Yeah. That's such a good outsource because you're right. Like this is the delegation thing and the, you know, the zone of genius work that comes from the big leap, right? Like, you know, really settling into what are you here to do and what is taking you a really long time to do yourself when you could just hire an expert who like that is their zone of genius. And it is so expansive to do that. But yeah, the value exchange like might be a little bit more than you're comfortable with up front. Um, I know you know, when you start working for yourself and those are the revenue streams coming in, you just have a lot to balance. But that, um, that was one of my first hires that I had for a little bit of time when I still had my other job. So I kind of used like, I was using like one job to sort of invest in the next (laughs) job. And I, I really do encourage people to do that if they can. Um, if there's something that's funding you right now to look at it that way, like it's an investor almost like in your future business. Um, I was just talking with Lexi, who's going to be on the podcast. Um, Her episode will already have come out by the time this comes out, but she did that with real estate where she just like saw it as like, okay, I'm going to use these deals to funnel into my business and sort of like inject cash Right. And it's so, I think, I don't know, like that. And then, you know, of course you can get an investor on, but I think for intuitive businesses, like it's tough to do that because it sets you on a trajectory to like have to pay them back in a really short amount of time. And I just think that pressure, that external pressure is really tough to, to take on. Yeah, that takes a certain level of manifestation. I don't know if I'm prepared for that yet, but I look forward to feeling comfortable with that. Yeah, and it might be out of alignment. Like I do think for certain businesses, like it might just not be in alignment. Um, Like how do you put a price on spirit? How do you put a price on like 
the work that you're doing, it's so hard to quantify, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. how have you, I'm so curious, like with pricing your services, have you gone through different iterations of your pricing structure and like, how did you land on something that felt comfortable to you? Cause I think for people, some people listening, they might be looking to go out um, on their own and they might not have a blueprint for how to price themselves. So do you, do you have a, a point of view on that? I do. And I love this conversation because anyone who is, this is the first question people have when they start a business. What do I charge? And I know we've had a lot of conversations right. about this in the past too. And you have really helped me to form the, 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 the system that I have now that works for me. Um, and it's gone through a lot of changes. It's been important to me to have tiers for people because I know that a lot of people can't afford what I offer at this time. It's not accessible to them, but I know what it's like to want this kind of work and not have the resources available for it. So I've gotten to a place now where I feel really comfortable. I know that what I offer is a luxury, but I and I feel very aligned with what I with what the exchange is. I do have more intensive packages. Um, but I also know I'm I'm not at the, I'm not even close to the high end of what people charge for a three month package or a one off session and that includes all the things that I do, and for me I don't want to be someone who charges a premium until I have. If that is an alignment, then it would be because I have lots of material out that is available for people. Uh, That's why it was so important for me to start my online community. I have a free online community on Mighty Networks and also subscription tiers available. So at this point, I really have something that everyone could access and then along with what I post on social media. And so, but it was really observing what other people were doing, knowing that what I bring to the table is a a third generation healer. I've been doing this for 20 years. So I, myself for 20 years. So I know that what I bring is very special. I see the results, but it took me a while to get to charge to, to, to what I charge now. Um, and that it's uh, and that I live in I, I live in a very expensive place. You know, I live in Los Angeles, so my living expenses are higher than some other places. But that having things accessible to people who are at all different stages of their life experience has been key as I'm creating different programs and and structures for my community. Yes, that is such a wonderful way to think about it. And from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I think the intuitive landscape is usually set up in that way. I think we understand that this information is so powerful and important and that it has to get out in a free setting in some way, free or very low cost. And then, you know, kind of thinking about how that funnel builds to working with someone like Faith or myself for um, 
and intensive, let's say, in, in one-on-one and having bespoke advice. I think um, every, I mean, I tend to create community of, of people who really understand that. I won't, I won't speak for the entire intuitive community, but it is something that's very, very common. And I think people think about that in other types of businesses with like social media, right? Like that's free um, for everyone. But we also understand Faith and I definitely feel this on the creator end of like, if you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. So you're also at the whim of the algorithm and all of these other kind of powers that be meta, <laughs> let's say. And, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I love the way that you think about that and just thinking about how, I think your content also very much creates community. So why not have it be in a network like a Mighty Networks or some other community-based app that allows people to talk to one another, talk to you um, in a way that doesn't feel at the whim, again, of like an algorithm on a social media platform, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's something that's always been really important to me is the idea of creating community, introducing my clients to each other. And that's not something that the big social media platforms are set up to do. It's people communicating with me. And so being able to move to this other space has been really great. And the other programs I've had in place where I've seen real genuine friendships form with people across the world that as I offer retreats as an integral part of my business, then people can come together in person and create these sacred spaces together. So it's uh, having that community, that sacred community aspect that I am in charge of as opposed to an algorithm that is mysterious that I just can't keep up with because I have a business to run uh, has been really, really exciting and it it means a, it means a lot to people to have that space that they can that they can go to to learn and share and discuss their awakenings we need to have people and mentors and friends that we can discuss those with so we're not just isolated with our angel numbers and our wild dreams and our clairvoyant visions and our intuitive hits we have to be able to right. talk about it right I love that you're doing that because creating that space, it's something that people often say on their intuitive journey, like, it's very lonely. Like, I feel like I can't talk about this with anybody else. Um, and, and feeling like there isn't a place – like, going directly to faith or somebody like me, of course, is going to be wonderful. But there's also this idea that – and you've heard this in class, right? If you have that question, odds are – half of the room has that question too. So bringing that question into a setting where it's more like a forum, where more like a classroom, more like people can learn these concepts that are like truly so integrated for you because you've been working at this for like, as you said, 20 years and you grew up in a household where that was very much a part of your lexicon and like first of all, I know I've asked you this before, but like what was that like to grow up with like magical <laughs> – maternal influences because I know it's your grandmother and your mom, right? That are all the the lineage of healers. Mm-hmm. That must have been so cool. 
you know, I didn't, I didn't really know at the time, right? Because you just grow up with it. And my my grandfather, who died when I was three, I didn't really know him, but he was also part of a channeling group in Detroit in the seventies. He was working at General Motors, and like one of his colleagues just like started channeling from this extraterrestrial entity all about love and connection and all the things we believe in. And if um, I think we've talked about the law of one materials before, that if anyone else who's listening is familiar with those series of books, those channeled books, um, the Detroit group that my grandfather was a part of, there were people from that group who went down to, I think it was Missouri, who helped that group of scientists like kind of understand what channeling really is through meditation. So I get this other side from 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 him, which is very cool. Super and cool. So I remember my my mother started doing past life healing, this technique called spiritual response therapy when I was five, but we weren't, not that we weren't allowed to talk about it, but I was in a really small town and my mom was just like, maybe we don't really share what we do. And she started giving me those Hay House, Hay House authors when I was a teenager. And then when I... I went to uh, an arts boarding school for high school, and that's when I really started to meet some like-minded people and started to talk about things. And then in college, you know, things get really expansive. So that's when I really started to tune into what my own gifts were. And so looking back, I'm just so grateful that I had this foundation and I was introduced to these wild concepts of parallel lives and past lives as angels and the body-mind-spirit connection at such a young age, but it also did not mean that I had everything together in those historically difficult teenage years and in my 20s because I had this understanding that my life should be joyful, that I should be able to heal myself that really kind of screwed me up a little bit. I had a lot of health problems. I struggled with depression for a long time, disordered eating patterns, so much stress. I put so much pressure on myself for so long. And I was so frustrated because I felt like, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, I knew what my path should be like spirit. You and I, we got this figured out. Like I'm a performer. That's what's happening I've known this from such a young age, so I was not uh, exempt from that experience of having that deeply embedded drive and, you know, dreams. And so it was almost like that disconnection or that disappointment, that anger with the universe for things not working out the way that I thought was a real crisis of faith that I was in for a very long time. And eventually, when I went through my big awakening where I just totally surrendered and admitted I don't know what's best for me after so many years of being unhealthy and unhappy and knowing it shouldn't be that way, but I was like, but this is the thing I'm supposed to do, and finally being like, you have to give that up. If you want to find the joy and the abundance and the balance that you know is your birthright, 
this is not the way to find it. And once I was willing to do that, that's when my whole life changed. That is such a fascinating introspection on it doesn't even matter if you grew up in a certain household where this was your uh, something you were really embedded in, that foundation, you had to come back to it. You had to go off on your own, have the dark night of the soul, have that personal experience that so many of you can relate to. Maybe you're in it right now. And you might look at and I know we talked about this in the key, in the episode with chemo too. You might look at someone like Faith or myself and think we have it all figured out. It's because we went through some dark shit. And like in those teen years or early 20s when you also know that like this is not the way and yet I don't know what the way is. So let me try to control what I can control, my food intake, my drug uh, habits, my alcohol habits. Like those are ways to escape and turn off your spiritual gifts very easily. And they're really common for people who are extremely sensitive people. So like if you've gone through those struggles too, just know you're in good company like Faith and I have to. <laughs> and to come back to them at a, at a time when you feel like you can better handle that certain substance or whatever the case may be um, is – it's just like that kind of return back to your spiritual knowing, right? Like that's so – I know you've told me before in bits and pieces, but like to really hear it from you now is such a powerful – it's like Teflon, right? Like you you own it yeah, in such a really powerful way and that's really inspiring. Mm, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. I've done a lot of – a lot of clearing around shame – and fear and guilt, those, you know, those really low frequency emotions and learning how to make friends with them and let them be my teachers, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. and knowing that it it didn't, it's even when I awakened, it didn't happen overnight. Like it still took time. And I will say to my clients, like, I wish I could offer you something that was going to change everything for you overnight. I wish I could do that, but it just doesn't work like that. And Abraham Hicks was really my reintroduction to my spiritual path and knowing that I have to start today. I have to start with something today, knowing that what I'm thinking today is creating my future. And so I have to start today. And, and it was little by little, those layers just dissolved. And some of us have more than others. And that's what can be so frustrating is you see someone else who, you know, went on their first Abraham cruise and all of a sudden they manifested everything they want. You're like, why am I still here? Because everybody's different. We all have mm -hmm. different amounts of layers to, to get through. But if you stick to it, even when you don't feel like it and taking breaks when you need to and taking naps when you need to, when you're able to, but knowing that you'll always come back to it, it cannot help but change you, but rewire you on a very deep level until the way that you used to live becomes unacceptable to you. And it's so uncomfortable that you can't do it anymore. Yes. 
this idea that like you're riding into, this has been coming up a lot. I don't know for you too, like the idea of riding into almost like bodies or vehicles at the same time, it's truly impossible. You can do it for a little bit of time, but eventually like you have to trade the vehicle in for the next, you know, and we think about that. Like people are like, I want to manifest a car. Well, think about yourself as the car and like, think about yourself as the vehicle that gets you from point A to point B, point B to point C. And then on and on it goes. Like you don't usually jump from the beater car to the Mercedes. Again, some people do. And that's lovely for them, but you might like crash it right away, right? Like you might be like, oh, I don't know. I don't think I can drive a Mercedes like, and it, and you get rid of it and you go back to the beater, right? Like that's the idea of like holding space for these big things you're bringing in. You need a different container. Yeah. Your body has to be different. Yes. Yes. I love that analogy. Working with you, it's like channel. We're we're gonna start channeling, guys. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like how it works when two people <laughs> who are really tapped in start working together. Um, going back before to to what you said about um, taking in a lot of information from other um, practitioners to sort of settle into what your um, core offering was, the pricing and things like that. So. I'm going to tell everybody your big three and like why that comes into play here. So Virgo rising, Sagittarius sun and Mercury. Mercury is your chart ruler. So that's why that's important. Mercury is the ruler of Virgo and then a Gemini moon. So you're incredibly mercurial, meaning you're all like you pick up all sorts of different information and you can communicate, you can connect those dots really easily. These are all mutable signs. So go back to the Astrology 101 episode and listen to that. Mutable signs go last in the order of cardinal, fixed, and mutable. And the reason being is because they like to take in all the information from all the other sources, right? And make it better and like make it more cohesive, make it right for you. So that's absolutely the best strategy for you to be working with because you're wired like that. Like you, you're doing it intuitively. You didn't necessarily <laughs> take it from your chart, but like, I think that is just so powerful. Thank you. That totally tracks. That totally tracks. I'm always looking to gather as much information as possible. I love to read. I love to share what I've learned. And that makes so much sense. Yeah, you're a resource machine and you that happens in your sessions a lot too. Like you kind of like take a break and it happens in mine as well where you're like, okay, you know, maybe we're not an expert in this one thing, but here's a resource that can like help you go deeper and and really, you know, um sort of refer out. I think that immutable signs can do that really really well, right? Mhm. Mm that also makes so much sense because I am so excited to share the resources and the people that have helped me. And I also don't ever want my community to be solely dependent on me because there's so many incredible people out there. I know we've referred people to each other before. And yeah. I always say it takes your your healing takes a village. We are so multidimensional and I do a lot, but I don't do everything. And it's important that you get different perspectives that you feel 
empowered to take what resonates from this person and what resonates from this person and to feel confident that you can assimilate those things in a way that works for you. And other people are going to be able to get to things that I can't get to or explain things in a different way that I can't explain. And then from an entrepreneurial standpoint, that's how we are turning capitalism on its head. That's how we are inverting the matrix from the inside. We are saying, wait a minute, we are working together. We are supporting each other. We are collaborating together. And then there's more for all of us. And I know that our communities really appreciate the relationships that we have, that you have with other healers, that I have with other healers, and just sharing these audiences really, and then sharing business is just a win-win for everyone. And that has also become a really important foundational tenet of my company. Yes. You're so, this is, I mean, of course, because you're so fucking psychic, but like my conversation with Lexi yesterday, which again, will be on the podcast feed already. We were talking about how it takes a village to raise a child, which is like normally how you hear that phrase, right? Mm-hmm. Not, I think we all kind of understand that on a cognitive level, maybe subconscious level or tribal level, right? Mm-hmm. But we've moved away from tribal living. Mm-hmm. We don't live that way. We live individually. We live you know, in these small communities that we create for ourselves called family. And when it comes to the way we work, the way we live, it's become individualistic in a way to, I believe, and you believe, you know, from a capitalist society structure to isolate, to make people feel like they need to either join a current and be a cog in the wheel or a small fish in a big pond, right? Or um, be so isolated that they will reach out for help in some way and not necessarily or like think that it needs to come all from within and like burn themselves out, right? Like either way, it gets people into this state where they're like so burnt out or beat down by the system, they'll like probably be so exasperated that they just fall right in line, right? Um the way that we switch that, I love what you said. The way that we turn that on its head is by, this is what Oprah would be called, tweetable moment, is by, <laughs> by creating the village and doing it a different way in a more matriarchal societal way, which is I'm going to bring in this person for this healing. I'm going to bring in this person for this knowledge. I'm going to bring this person in for this structure. And we all can find support from one another and it's a win-win-win-win-win and the whole tribe is healthy and supported. Um, I absolutely think this – you're right. Like this is the way and it just kind of occurred to me because I think every entrepreneur gets to a point where it's like, should I just like – quit? Should I just like join another company? Like this is hard, you know, it's like hard to bring in all the money and it's hard to do all those things. And it's like, because Faith and I are trying to exist in a different way in a system that doesn't support what we're doing. (laughs) So like we're changing it from the inside out. Yes. But like, it's still not reflected in society, right? Like, so it's always going to feel like we're going against the grain in some regard, but it doesn't have to feel like that especially when it comes down to like community and the community that we've created for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And we are creating what's going to be much more common a hundred to 200 years from now. And we are at the forefront 
uh, of these very deep systemic changes that we know are coming. We know that these young soul systems that we have been existing in for generations are no longer serving us because we as a collective are older souls now. So it just doesn't work for us. And so there, as things are falling apart, which we're watching at the same time, there is so much growth and we are part of that growth in, in, in the underbrush, right? That more and more people little by little are going, Oh, right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That it is, we're, we're watching it just continue to continue to spread. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. And also not you and me, when we get into our forties, like it's just going to be no holds barred on. at that point. Like it's going to be game <laughs> oh, on. Yeah. I know it. Like I know it. <laughs> <laughs> just like in a robe working, yes. you know, like it's nurturing, like, yeah. Giving a pot, uh, a, a, podcast interview, whatever. Yeah. No, totally. You're, you're so right. So do you, you, you told me about the book, the instruction, which I've told other clients about, which is really great, which kind of helps people understand like the soul development process, right? Mm -hmm. Like if, you know, reincarnation is a given obviously in this conversation, but the idea that like a newer soul is going to resonate with certain um, qualities in their life. And then as that soul goes on and has lived many different lifetimes, they will identify in a different way to life or to earth. Um, let's let's just use this as the playing field um, because we can live in other areas and faith. faith and I know that, but I don't know. We maybe That's a conversation for part two. But um but do you see that like the people that are leading in some way and like living in their zone of genius, like kind of like focus on figuring that out now, do you see them as like an older soul? And um, yeah, like I know because you you kind of get that information, like you channel that in your session. So like are you mm -hmm. seeing that more and more? Um, I think – I think the answer is 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 yes if I'm understanding the question correctly that people who resonate with what you do and what I do or even if they don't consider themselves spiritual but they have this kind of awareness and a call to altruism or service maybe they're artists, musicians, teachers, nurses, like they can be anyone, even if they're not on a spiritual path, but there is an awareness of compassion, that there are multiple sides to every story, that hmm. they want to live more balanced, harmonious lives filled with self-love and interesting people and experiences. And those are going to be older souls, always, always. Yeah, that idea of the older soul also is a colloquialism, right? Like we hear that a lot. Like I'm an old soul and we – I think people often will say it because they like to do things that older people like to do, which is like garden and mm. like nap. <laughs> <laughs> um, like who does – I mean who doesn't? But – um. 
the idea that there's a couple of different things at play here. One, and thank you for, yes, taking my convoluted question and um, like a mutable sign would, <laughs> <laughs> like disseminating what I was trying to say. Um, the idea that people who are deciding what they want to do and if it's in a, an area of service, right, like to help the planet in some way based on your own unique talents or like the archetype that you're here um, to – to, to live in. Um, and again, this book will kind of, I think this is a good resource for everybody listening. If you, if you're kind of at this point in your spiritual journey where you're just curious about this process, um, it's very, very interesting, but the idea that the older soul will sort of lead the younger souls who maybe they're in community with, maybe not, but like will sort, they kind of have this understanding deep within them that like this isn't necessarily the best way to live. And so we want to sort of show you a different way, give you information or whatever the talent is that we're providing to sort of show what that looks like. And you might identify with that just naturally think about that. Are you leading people um, in your family? Are you somebody that does that um, as like a whistleblower in your family, right? To be like, oh, this is not it. Um, but I but I also think people like us can also experience a lot of discord, meaning we might be shouting into the void sometimes or it feels like that. Like, why isn't anybody listening to me? Um, <laughs> so it is important to like lay the groundwork and know that like it's not the just because you might know a better way, you might not be well received because the souls around you are not ready to hear your wisdom or what you see. Yeah. And that's a really important topic that we all struggle with. And the peace comes from knowing that there are a lot of people who just don't have the bandwidth. And we have to learn to accept that. Just like you can't teach a six-year-old calculus. You probably cannot teach a six-year-old calculus. And we want to live our truth and live from love in a way that is not um, that is not judging someone else for not being able to hold what we are so eager and excited to share because it's worked so well for us and because we just know that if you just considered this, like it would be so good for you. But that's not it's not for it's not for us. It is uh, as you continue on your ascension journey, you understand that all you can do is lead by example. All you can do is live with your own faith and your own truth, and you will find your people. And And you also don't know on what level you you might be affecting someone. Life, life is short, but life is long, right? And right. when we understand that this life is not all there is. You don't know what you just shining your light and being your unique, authentic self is doing for, let's say, people in your family for another lifetime. And so being able to hold space wherever people are on their spiritual journey, which doesn't mean you don't set boundaries, which doesn't mean you don't allow some friendships to fade away if you're just not on the same page and you're not lifting each other up. But it does mean you can go, it's not my responsibility to change you. It's not my responsibility to teach you 
it's my responsibility to be like, hey, I've chosen to live over here and it's pretty great over here. And my hand's here. If you want to come over to my side of the street, like I'm here. But if you don't, that's cool. I'm going to just wave to you because I know you'll get here eventually. Everybody does, but maybe not in this lifetime. Mm. That is such a wonderful way to put that. Just this idea that everybody's on their own path and it's so important to recognize. And it perfectly leads into the next question. Um, it's really important to recognize where somebody is at before sharing or even while you're sharing. Um, because I know for me, like I, that's one of my biggest, it's probably my biggest thing that I have to work on. And it's one of my biggest strengths too, which is like the vision and being able to see certain things for people. But I have to slow down and say, do you want feedback or do you want a shoulder to cry on? Do you want to vent? Do you want me to just listen? Because I, have thoughts, but I don't always need to share them. And that comes up in my relationships a lot. And I think people really appreciate my advice and I appreciate it more when people want it. Yeah. That's the other thing too. It feels really shitty when people are like, don't want your advice right now. I I know who I can share it with unsolicited mm-hmm. or solicited. And it's just, it's probably half and half in my life, to be honest. And I've had to like really get on board with that. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to share something that you told me in a session, which was really illuminating and so powerful. And you probably don't remember because when you're channeling, you, you shouldn't remember everything. We don't have space in our brain for like all the stuff that comes out. <laughs> but you told me that I was, I think, at like a nine level soul and my mom is at like a seven. Mm. And ideally when you're in soul family with one another, you are closer in soul age. And so therefore you can like get each other a little bit better. Like, you know, it's not, and it's by the way, it's like not a hierarchical thing. It's like, um, it's like a perspective thing. Mm-hmm. It's like what somebody's going to care about at level seven, which we've all been at or are at now, like is different than a level nine. Um, Cause level nine is like kind of getting close to level 10, which would be getting close to like enlightenment and not coming back to earth, which like, again, I'm not at, I probably have a lot more lifetimes to go as a nine. I have shit to do to still have shit to do. But I remember you telling me that as like your communication with your mom will never really get to a point where you're gonna understand where each other is at. And that is more based on the karmic path of each one of you and not on like what happened in this lifetime. Just knowing that was like fucking so relieving. Yeah. It was like, oh, you don't have to keep trying at this because it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. And I know it sounds sad probably for everybody listening. You guys like have done a ton of work on this and I really have gotten to a place of acceptance, which is, you know, in the five stages of grief, right? The last one. It it just is what it is. It just is what it is. And I think if, you know, for people listening, I'm sure that information probably resonates with you too. Like we just aren't on the same page of the same book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not going to – and like stop – beating your head against the wall. Cause I feel like the person who's usually beating their head against the wall is like the person who's like, why won't you just see it from my point of view? Um, and that's like me in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a really big realization for so many people who have really challenging, we'll say, I know that doesn't even cover it, but relationships with their family members. And it is so liberating to be like, oh, like we don't have work to do. I don't have work to do. From the higher perspective, I can see that my lesson is to just let this be what it is. And to know that in this lifetime, I'm 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 not going to experience the traditional mother-daughter, father-daughter, sister relationship that I have had in other lifetimes, but for whatever reason in this lifetime, this is the relationship that spirit knew was best for both of us, probably so that I can get to a space of knowing it's not my responsibility to fix things. It's not my responsibility to fix you or change you or fix this. You are, and I'll think of it like a ladder, like we're all on the same ladder. We're all going to the same place, right? And we've been lower down on the ladder where you can't see as high, you could say. You don't have the same perspective. And and there are, besides the instruction, I know that there are other books that kind of lay out this idea of soul ages. I, I haven't read those. And Ainsley McLeod's books resonated so deeply with me. And being able to realize in my own life, oh, so that makes sense why for me, it's my relationship with my father is the way that it is. Like I'm holding space for where you are on this journey mm-hmm. and other people in my family and looking at past relationships, romantic relationships, and my current relationship, my current my marriage, and being like, and it allows me to be my best self, knowing what my gifts are, where my soul is, seeing, being able to see where someone else's soul is as much as I am able to. Obviously, we can't ever totally do that. But, and it just makes everything move so much more smoothly. It just takes the the pressure off to have this third eye perspective and allowing ourselves to be free of that need to, to fix it and going, it, it, it is it is already fixed. This is what it's supposed to be. This is the lesson for me. Mm-hmm. This is the growth. This is what I'm supposed to see as it is. Yeah. And that's where the comparison really, it does become the thief of joy. Like mm-hmm. comparison can be helpful in many instances to see what you want, you know, what you care about, you know, from an expansion standpoint, let's say like you really like, I really want to do this thing and somebody's going to show you that through their life expression, right? But the comparison of like, especially in these situations where we're talking about rifts with parents, you know, comparison truly fucked me up for so many years because especially the mother daughter, right? Like you see most people and look this is the other thing life is all about your perspective so when your perspective changes usually what you see changes too and that i invite you to play around with that concepts because when i was in my comparison mindset around mother daughter relationships all i saw were healthy mother daughter relationships that i was just crying out for i i still seek out especially in therapy strong maternal figures mm-hmm. um But once I realized that that was actually a strength, that I was almost building this 
community of women around me that were there to lift me up or show me the way or nurture me. And if I could allow that love to come from a different person, Mm -hmm. then I would experience it in this multitude of ways instead of beating the brick wall down between my mother and I to get it from her. Like it's not going to come from her. Right. So, you know, it's something that obviously like deep down I feel emotion about, like I'm not a monster. (laughs) I'm just holding a podcast interview, you know? So like (laughs) I have therapy right after this actually. So that's perfect timing. But, you know, that just, that, like you said, it's just the awareness of like, this is what it is. And to, to, to use your point earlier too, like the surrendering to like, it's not coming from that way. To go back to what we were talking about earlier, talking about, you know, isolated in our families, we know that us in the United States too, particularly, and other Western countries, like living with just your family or just yourself in one apartment or one house is totally a new thing totally a new thing. And we know that there are many, many cultures throughout history, right? They're taking care of each other. They're living in a village. It comes back to, it takes a village. But we have been brainwashed to think that the only way that I can feel mothered is through this one person, right? And it's the same thing when we're talking about romance. And we we think that this one person is going to heal us, fix us, make us whole. When we all know that the way to manifest a soulmate relationship is to feel beloved and loving in as many ways as possible. And so to your point, when we open up our perspective, allowing ourselves to be mothered by women, by men, by Gaia, by Mother Mary, by ourselves, our inner archetypes, that takes your power back. It takes the pressure off someone else and comes back to, oh, right, I am able to give myself this feeling and I'm able to be open to how spirit is going to through other people or experiences or spiritual journeys to also give me the feeling of being mothered. And that is empowerment. Preach. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> oh my God. That is like, pause it. <laughs> Send it to somebody who needs to hear that. Honestly, like that is so, it, it just takes as long as it takes to, you know, like if that resonates with you now, amazing. It might not. It might, you might reject that at the moment. I, I know for, Sure. If I heard this at uh, truly any other point in my journey up until the last few years, I would have rejected that. You know, I would have said like easy for you to say um, that's not true for me. And it kind of leads into the question that I've been wanting to ask you this whole time, <laughs> but we've been dancing around it, which is from Jesse, and it's what's the difference between intuition and ego? Mm. So that idea, what Faith and I are talking about is like kind of this intuitive landscape of like, this is just true and universal information. Ego, I would love to hear your perspective on what ego does in Mm -hmm. this environment. So my, a lot of my understanding through this has come from my work 
in A Course in Miracles, uh, which has also been a very important teacher for me, that channeled text. Ego is whatever makes you feel separate. Ego is not only what makes you feel superior, which is how we often think about it, but it's also what makes you feel lesser than. The ego is constantly feeding you misinformation to protect you because we don't want to get hurt again. And so sometimes it's easier to lean into the hurt so that because that's familiar, right? But anything, any thought that makes you feel separate from someone else or the world or that negates the truth that you are a divine spark of the infinite cosmos, that you are beautiful and magnificent and important and beloved in in ways that we with our conscious minds can never comprehend. Intuition is spirit, is your high self, is the universe. It speaks to you softly and gently and often in your own voice. And it's what tells you always you're okay and everything's okay. If a thought sparks excitement, true, deep excitement, that's your intuition. If a thought comes in and then you go, oh, I can't do that, or someone else can do that, but I can't do that, that's your ego making you feel small, which again is just trying to protect you on some level because we've been through a lot. But then we learn how to talk ourselves through it and we go, oh, ego, and maybe you you think of your ego, I think of it as my inner child. And I'm going, okay, my, my little inner child, what do you need? What are you having a tantrum about? What are you crying about? What are you upset about? Let's talk through it. And let's use all of our tools to come back into the space where we go, it's going to be okay. Even though it doesn't feel like it's okay right now, I know that it is. I know Mm -hmm. that it is because I am a spark of the divine. And even though I don't feel that integrated within me today, I heard it on that podcast and somewhere deep in my soul it felt true. So I'm willing to lean into it. Right. That is the – like if you take anything from this podcast, that is it. You know, the ego is – whatever makes us feel separate, superior or less than. Yeah. So true. And when we think uh, – the reason why I wanted to ask, and we kind of naturally got there, but I wanted to make that distinction we were talking about soul ages, right? Like you could hear that information and think – and this is where spiritual ego as a concept is important to talk about too because you could hear that and think – I'm the fucking shit. I'm at a nine level soul. Everyone should be listening to me. Give me a microphone, whatever the case may be. And look, like this is this is really an alignment for me. It's not about ego, truly. Um, but uh, the, the podcast. But um, but you could hear that and say uh, and say all those things to yourself, right? And then lead your life in a different manner. I'm gonna talk about something that. I had a session with Faith a couple weeks ago and I said, look, Faith, I need you to show me all the lifetimes that I was a queen. 
Was it ego? I think I was trying to pump myself up, like, to be honest. I don't know. Probably. Yeah, probably. Um, so the first example that came through, can you, can you, do you remember it, right? I sure <laughs> can do. Can you tell me? I sure do. <laughs> it was, it was a lifetime somewhere in the multiverse where yes, Alex was a queen, but she, she was a worm <laughs> and she was a queen of some kind of worm extraterrestrials and she was living her best life and it was so beautiful the the message was how can you tap into that inner queen no matter what no matter what anybody else would think of where you are or what you look like or what your choices are that it always comes from inside spirit has a funny way but it's always what's it's always has a point. <laughs> it has a point. <laughs> I was like, we were in the session and she was like, is this true and accurate information? And then we just started fucking cracking up because I still I'm cracking. I'm like crying right now. It's just so hilarious because my guides were like, oh bitch, you wanna see those lifetimes? Like, we'll show you. The first one we'll show you is when you lived in the fucking dirt, ma'am. But you are still the queen of them. And so is that good? It was like that's the thing about guides is so funny. I was talking about this, my acupuncturist yesterday, like they have a sense of humor. Yes. Like our guides literally are like, this is not an alignment for you to like see the lifetimes where you lived in. Cause what you want is an ego perspective. And so what we'll give you is what you're asking. Sure. But you're a worm queen. So <laughs> I will literally, but the thing is too, they also give examples that are like so esoteric that stick with you. Like I will always use that example to bring myself down to earth. Right. Literally. <laughs> right. <laughs> the worms. Yeah. Yeah. I just on so many levels, like it's just it's just too good. But that that ego voice is like it's so prevalent, right? Like I think the other reason why I wanted to bring up that example is because like uh, you would think I would always recognize when I'm coming from that place, but it 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 is tricky. Like yeah. we've been listening to our ego for just as long as we've been listening to our intuition or even denying our intuition or like not listening all the time. So it's just, it just takes practice really to like kind of think about the distinction between the two because they, they truly are earned voices in our, in our head. Yes. In our lives. And a, and a beautiful way to do that is to see how it feels in your body when you have a thought. Does it feel light? Does it feel good? Or does it feel heavy and, and gross and make your shoulders curl in, right? And to your point about spiritual ego, which is such an important conversation, which is when people have been on their spiritual journey for a long time, probably are in spiritual leadership, and but have that still have that ego and they're they're using their spiritual knowledge to separate themselves from their followers or their students. And so something I always say to my community is like, listen, just because someone channels something doesn't mean it's true. 
doesn't mean that you should take it as gospel because we are all filtering things. And we, as there is more and more coming to the surface about yogic masters, about various other spiritual teachers and how they have um, abused, manipulated their followers, even though they have also done great things for the collective. And us as people learning how to hold space for someone who can do both great good and great not good, that is part of our journey on this planet is to be able to kind of accept that and just hold space for it, but also knowing as we are aware of it and as we are continuing to do our own shadow work and look at our own ego stuff, we are less likely to submit to someone who is coming from that place. And this is talking about real sovereignty, and that's why we are moving into spirituality as opposed to religion. You don't need someone else to tell you what spirit is saying to you. You can use it as right. a resource and develop your own process so you can see what truth feels like to you. Right. Because human, we are all still human at the end of the day. Like we're all still filtering through our own lenses, experiences, beliefs, and they are inherently flawed because humans are flawed. Like that is the whole thing about being a human. You yeah. all know that. So what makes you think that – and look, that this is part of what, what was coming up for me earlier too is like I think that that can make people feel really disencouraged. Like, oh, I, you know, I can't even like a celebrity because, uh, you know, like the cancel culture, right? It's like, oh, can I even like somebody? Will like somebody disappoint me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they will because they're human and you've we've put them up on pedestals like they're gods mm -hmm. and they're not. They're human. They just have a incredible talent and they've been lifted up by the community. But that and that's true in religion and that's true in, you know, all these different instances. Yeah. Yeah. It's an ongoing process because as long as we are alive, we have more to learn. And I think, you know, I have – related the, the other entrepreneurs in, in my community, this is that we're very mindful and very conscious about what we share, who we promote, knowing that it's not going to resonate with everyone, knowing that, listen, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a guru. I don't want to be a guru. I can be wrong, uh, you know, and as we're talking about spiritual ego and also that there are many different realities going on at once, right? But that it's important to remember this spark that you are and also that maintain your humility because everyone else is a spark too. Everyone else has access to the same thing. And what you and I do, we light the match. Like we are the match that helps light the candle for our community so that they can feel it in themselves. And so that's what the balance is. How can I acknowledge my innate divinity and also maintain humility, knowing that 
we are all those beautiful sparks and what a gift to be able to ignite that in someone else in their own unique way. Yeah. That's absolutely true. And I'm I'm thinking about your journey to bring it back when you were kind of knocking down the door of being an entertainer and how spirit was like, it's not this way, but that you actually, in a way, got a lot of different needs met in the role that you're now playing. And you are sort of, you know, channeling in this way that is um, – something that people watch and listen to. And it is quite similar to entertainment in that way, although it's truth. Um, But you're able to do it by just being yourself. You don't have to act a different persona. You don't have to do it through an art form that somebody else created. You get to create that yourself, which is kind of way cooler, I think. (laughs) I'm biased. (laughs) It's it's way cooler. It's so rewarding because I didn't realize that by having the vision I had, I was cutting myself off from sharing gifts that I'd had forever, but that I wasn't so in tune with or I discounted, but that actually brought me a lot of joy. And if I had slowed down enough, I would have realized that. And been able, and eventually, what I w- what I was able to see is that this life does not allow you to be the multi dimensional person that you want to be. And now I have created a life where I can see the benefit of the years and years and years of training that I have as a performer and a writer, and how that has one hundred percent served me in my business and helped me to reach more people. And so I am beyond grateful for my path. And I think anybody who has a very specific niche and has dedicated so much time and energy to it, it's very easy if you don't do that path to feel like what a waste. But especially anything artistic or creative that only enhances you and, and and allows you to be um, to tune into deeper aspects of yourself, no matter how you end up earning money, a hundred percent. Right. That is so. Um, it's so interesting because I'm thinking about all the artists and performers that I know who are now professional intuitives, or somehow like blending both skills and that um, I'm thinking also about the artist's way, which equates creativity with divinity because they're absolutely the same thing. And so you hear this all the time with people who write, with people who, um, especially those really great works, right? Like, I don't know, it just came out of me. It was just one day, I wrote everything in one day. Guys, that's channeling. Like, (sighs) that's what channeling is. You know, when people are like, I got this big download and it was like, Moby Dick. And you're like, okay, sweet. Like that's channeling, you know, like it's, it's very, very common. I actually recommend the artist way because in the little side bars, she writes all these creative phrases, mm-hmm. um, from famous creators who, um, who have said 
you know, various uh, assemblances of what of what we're saying. Um, and just in their language, right? Like this is the other thing. We need people to do it in all sorts of different industries. That's like the biggest reason why. I know I said a lot of the reasons why I started this podcast, but that's one of them too. Like you don't need to quit your job and become a spiritualist. You can do it as a nurse. You can do it as a marketing professional. You can do it as a coder. Like you can fucking channel the greatest algorithm on the planet through spirit. Like that's that's what's happening. Like it, and that's where ego, when you remove ego, you can be like, I it literally, it just came out of me. Like, I don't know. It doesn't even feel like it's mine, but you can put my name on it. Like, that's fine. Cause otherwise it'd be weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like go, go for it. But that's like, you know, when we talk about Abraham Hicks, right? Like they, Abraham is the channeled entities or group of, you know, um, let's say spiritual guides that, Esther and Jerry Hicks started to channel. That's what they like. They told Esther and Jerry that they could make it Abraham Hicks, right? Like, so if you start to get into this work, you start to see like a lot of people have removed their names from putting um, books or whatever they've put out there. If they felt like it was fully channeled, they're like, it wasn't me. So put whatever moniker you want on there, but it definitely wasn't me. Um, and and that we have multiple texts like that, so. Um, all that to say, like you can practice this in any industry and I actually really encourage that. And I think that's the way of the future too. It's like, we're all freaking tapped in to this universal supercomputer and like, let's just go with the talents that we were given in this body, in this persona and just do it that way. It'll be faster. You'll get more done. You'll help more people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. It took me a minute to figure that out, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. Because spirit wants us to use our source-given gifts. Every single one of us have gifts, and gifts are meant to be given. They have been given to us, and we are called to show up and know that they're there and ask the universe, how would you like me to share my gifts? Even if I don't know what they are, but most of the time we're usually discounting gifts right? That we have. Um, but I would, I, it, as we imagine a planet where every single person is lit up and tapped in, knows that they are divine, knows that we are all one, is eager to contribute to the oneness by being of service in the way that they specifically and only they can be called to do because of their very unique perspective. That's the world that we're creating. That's the 5D reality that we are anchoring in right now, and it starts with us as an individual. It has nothing to do with what anyone else is doing. It has nothing to do with what the government is doing. It has nothing to do with the economy. It has nothing to do with any judicial bodies. It starts with us and our own Mm. self-soothing, our own open hearts, our own willingness to connect and be seen and be vulnerable and to just show up. Just show up. Yes. And let spirit do the rest. Yes. I love that as a something to leave you all with to, you know, if you're like, I don't really know, this is all confusing to me. That prayer or intention is the easiest way to surrender. Just spirit, universe, God, whatever language works for you, what would you have me do today? Where would you have me go? Mm. Look, 
That prayer has been commandeered by every single religion on the freaking planet. And it's just, if you, if that's, I know I said this a couple of times, but like, if you take only this, that's okay too. (laughs) (laughs) Like don't overcomplicate it, surrender, like really just let the path be easy. Um, There will always be struggle, of course, but it should feel like, yes, a yes, like a deep resonant, yes, I can absolutely do that. And you'll know when you feel a little bit icky or out of alignment and that's totally fine. Like this takes fine tuning, you know, but if that's the intention of every single day, you will let it open up for you. You will have that you will have that anchoring into your perspective that allows you to move through life in that really gentle, fun, playful, you know, enjoyable and rewarding way, which is like really what this is all about. Yeah. Yeah. And keep giving yourself grace. Just give yourself some grace. And go to Faith's retreats. (laughs) And come to my retreats retreats. (laughs) if you can. (laughs) (laughs) Give yourself grace, Anne. (laughs) Well, this is – it's just its just a really wonderful way to stay in this practice, in this work. Faith has created numerous different communities that you can be involved with. So tell us about your Mighty Networks, how people can even get involved with that. What's your next retreat coming up? Like – Tell us everything. Uh, so if you follow me on social media, I'm really active on Instagram at Faith Strang. I'm also on TikTok and Threads. You can find the information to access and join my free Mighty Networks communities. And there are also three additional tiers if you would like to join some live healing events, get an exclusive newsletter each month introducing you to a new guide you can work with. I'll be sharing my very personal experiences working with that guide from that month. So I'm very excited to to offer that and connect more people together. Uh, I also have the Cosmic Joy Club, which is my OG community that is a four-week program. We meet in small Zoom groups and everybody gets one-on-one time with me. We invite in a different healer each month to also offer a workshop. And that uh, community has just continued to deepen and grow and expand. I have a lot of healers, a a lot of entrepreneurs in that group. And so we are going to Mexico in March uh, for a plant Medicine Soulcation. That retreat sold out within a week, so there's no longer space available. But very soon, I will be announcing details about a Celtic fairy retreat in Ireland next September. And we will be doing a week-long retreat at the end of July in Sedona that I will be co-hosting with a shamanic practitioner who's just incredible. And that's going to be a creativity and intuition building retreat. So if you follow me, subscribe to my newsletter, you will be the first to know when I uh, open doors for those experiences. Oh my God. That all sounds incredible. And that's how you know you're in alignment. Like it just sold out in a week. Like, come on, dude. It's like spirits. Like, okay, if you just do this thing, like, we'll we'll help you. We'll we'll get everybody there. <laughs> yes. And it happened. Oh my god, that's so exciting. I'm actually really jealous and upset that I'm not coming. But um, there'll the be next more. One. Or maybe there'll we do more. one. Yeah. There's there's gonna be more. And um and yes, the mighty networks. Um 
is also like such a wonderful way to practice, to get like tips and tricks from Faith. Um, I'm sure so many of you resonated with her words today in sessions. It, I mean, I'm so lucky that I get to be one of your exclusive clients because um, I know you're very busy, but like they're powerful. So if it does feel right or aligned for you when she opens up personal sessions as she is want to from time to time, like, and she will most likely to her communities, I really encourage you to do it because again, like you could know that you're, you were a worm queen in the multiverse. <laughs> like there's, it's priceless. It's priceless. <laughs> you too could be a worm queen. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed, please consider subscribing and or writing a review on the platform you listened on. And if you know someone who would really benefit from this episode, please share. All resources discussed will land in the show notes along with our socials. And until next time, talk soon.